glasses and shark titties on this week of of horses and men with leslie and ben i am the ben of that yes and i'm the leslie this is a weekly podcast about netflix original comedy series bojack horseman yes and leslie my pal what episode are we talking about today today we are talking about season two episode 10 yes and diane is overstaying her welcome at the horseman household which kind of makes it sound like bojack has his life together bojack's place much to the frustration of Bojack's other roommate, his girlfriend Wanda, who is barely tolerating Diane's day drinking and disinterest in cleaning. Speaking of frustration, Bojack finds himself confused that the new director of his movie, Abe, isn't bothering to go back for second takes. Upset that his collaborator isn't putting more effort into the project, he confronts Abe, who assures him that they'll be fine and they'll fix it in post, and that, hey, we aren't making Casablanca over here. Meanwhile, Princess Carolyn and Rabinowitz make their moves on their new partnership and each other as they try to recruit their old clients to their new agency. Diane is unable to deal with the guilt of lying to Mr. Peanut Butter about having left Cordovia and drags Bojack down to her level. Bojack succumbs back to his old ways of day drinking and lazing about and stops showing up to the set of Secretariat. Meanwhile, Todd joins a cult. Don't worry, not a real cult like Scientology. This is a fun cult like improv comedy. A lot happens in this episode. And a lot will be happening in this episode, because we are joined today by the devil himself, Johnny Ronaldo. Johnny, hello! Hello! Last week on Speak the Devil... No, wait. Wrong show. No, that's that's okay. Go ahead. Refresh people. What happened? Refresh me. What happened last week? Figure out where you are, man! Actually, wait. I remember exactly what happened last week on Speak the Devil. Yeah. Johnny, you're back, though. Hello! I am. I've missed you both. Uh, Well, I've missed Leslie more than Ben. Yeah! No, no, that doesn't mean he likes you more. That just means that, like, he sees me once a week. That's not what that means. It means he likes me more. We and know I'm... what it means, Leslie. Yeah, we know what it means. <laughs> all right. Pretty sure whispering uh, doesn't work when we're all on the microphones. Don't worry about it. Yeah, when we're all being amplified directly into each other's ears. Yeah. Good bit, guys. That was a good joke. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Johnny, hey, it's been a while since you've been on the program. I think you were last here for, what, episodes two and three or three and four of this season? Uh, I think it was three and four. Yeah, that sounds about right. To me. Oh, yes, 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 because we did the season one pilot, then, yes, I gotcha. Hey, in that time, something big kind of happened to you. Oh, you know, I just went like 3,000 miles to the east. Hi, my name's Johnny. I do float tank things. Uh, I'm now doing float tank things in Belfast instead of Portland. Um, float tanks, for those of you who don't know, are sensory isolation tanks, and... Lots of water, lots of salt, and not much else. And also, for Infinity Break, you, uh, we, we've recently started your program, Speak of the Devil. And Speak of the Devil has started. Um, it is a lot of fun. Uh, ben Hamlin's on it. That's why I get to see him every week. Uh, he's a really depressed doctor. Uh, That's true. It's true facts. Um, I'm a Scotsman with anxiety. And in the game I play... <laughs> Uh, we've also got Tara Bossart, who plays a really dry, uh, cheeky uh, blade mage, tiefling. Uh, we've got Andrew Eagle, who is a half-elf warlock. 
And we've got Christina Gray, who is a super grumpy dwarf like there's any other kind of dwarf. It is a fun and morbid time. Uh, and that's, of course, every Sunday at 11 a.m. PST over on twitch.tv forward slash infinity break gaming. But that's not the show we're recording today. We are talking about of horses and men with Leslie and Ben. We are talking about Bojack Horseman. We're talking about sad horses. We're talking about improv comedy and the guilt of lying to your partner. Sad horses, not sad Scotsman. Yeah, sad, yeah, that, that key differentiation. <laughs> so, folks, um, obviously, I, I said a lot of words at the top of this. This is a this is a packed episode. A lot happens in this one. I've got notes. I don't. Yeah, it's it's uh <laughs> it's interesting coming off of such a light episode as we did last week to yeah. come to this one where stuff happens. Johnny, a slight bit of context, and perhaps for the listener, the previous episode was the shot where they break into the Nixon Library with the help of Nixon's illegitimate son uh, to get that one scene uh, in which. Bojack is unable to cry for, and then Kelsey Jennings is fired by Lenny Turtletop. Yep. Uh, which is a which is a bit of a heartbreaker, but um, a comparatively a pretty light episode because in this episode, every single person has like a beginning to end plot line. Yeah. It is a busy episode. Yeah, and uh, yes, and the improv episode or the improv. <laughs> Go to hell, yeah, Leslie. I'm awesome. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> yes, and the improv plot line, you know which. I get. I guess is the. I mean, would be the main B plot. Uh, it doesn't wrap up this episode. Nope. I mean, no, not a lot. Wraps continues up on this episode. No, but usually the B plot at least has you know an ending at the end of the per episode. But no, this one is uh, still going strong. Todd's adventures are comparatively finite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cliffhangers in this one. Uh, Especially with the way this episode ends mm-hmm. uh, in Bojack's storyline, which is something we will be my goodness, something we'll be uh, cover. Uh, what, what is one of my favorite arcs of this entire uh, TV series is the the New Mexico arc, which this is about to lead yeah. into. Yeah, uh, Johnny, I'm sure we'll have you back on occasion to talk about mm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good one. It interests me a lot uh, because I think after it happened. People kept speculating that it was going to come back up and that it was going to become important later. And I thought to myself, I don't know, I think that's done. And then season five happened and we all know mm-hmm. how that happened, how that came about in season five. I won't talk about that too much, uh, but it does come back up. So, but we haven't even started yet. We haven't even gotten there yet. So let's... Yes, yes. Let's start, start with beginning. Scientology equals yeah. improv comedy. But it doesn't, no, it doesn't. This is about improv Improv is a cult. Scientology? We, we specify <laughs> several times. <laughs> this is about improv. Uh, despite the I ju- fact that... I just that, don't think it is, though. <laughs> despite the fact that, you know, they have, like, multiple levels that you have to go through to... I, I mean... It's exactly Scientology. He quite literally says, obtain clarity, yeah, he, going clear. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know... I think it might be about Scientology. Literally, my note is Scientology equals sign improv comedy. Mine is mm-hmm. improv versus Scientology. <laughs> that was mine. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't there think you they're go. fighting, though. It's, it's just... No, they're not. But I mean, I just like in my head, I was like, you know, the, the quote unquote comparison uh, between the two. I don't know. I thought that movie didn't do justice to either character. I- improv versus oh Scientology God. Dawn of Justice. Yeah. God damn it. I thought it was weird they kept bringing Jesse Eisenberg into that movie. 
So my favorite part of the whole intro to improv thing was that he couldn't bring he couldn't bring the fake food into yeah. the theater. Yeah. Just like, oh, very good improv. But no, you can't. But bring no. It. But can I bring this food in? Oh, that's good. Ah, no. <laughs> uh, so a bit of context. Todd is, is feeling listless. Uh, Bojack is busy at the set all day. Mr. Peanut Butter is busy at his set all day, which Todd's also kind of supposed to be at, maybe. I guess he got fired. Yeah, he was but very he got fired. Still. <laughs> yeah. He was not um, given the business. I am taking. I was specifically taking the business away. Uh, Wanda is is busy. Diane's off in in Cordovia. Well, no, she's not. I'm sorry. She's she's ten feet from him on a couch. Diane's too drunk to do anything. Uh, and then uh, who's who's another character? Princess Carolyn and Todd just don't interact really. No, but Princess Carolyn has her thing going on with Rabinowitz, and Todd has his entire science improv adventure. So Todd is bored out of his brain. No one wants to go kite. Yeah. With him. Kite flying, I guess, is probably the Yeah, he just wanted to fly a kite. So so my man goes downtown and he sees a billboard for a or a a poster for a wonderful opportunity for him. Immediately distracted by improv comedy. (laughs) In which there are no rules at all. I mean, except for the several rules. Right. Except for the several rules. Yes, and the several rules. Oh, Brian. Those two. Can I drop a hot take? Yeah. Go right ahead. I hate improv comedy. <laughs> Alright. I mean... I, I hate... I, no, I hate, like, the exact setup they do in that theater. I think... The, can we get a suggestion from the audience shit? Yeah. Hate that garbage. I mean, honestly, it's just, like, playing D&D. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. D&D's more fun improv. That's true. I like... I Alright, alright. I don't hate improv. I hate less structured improv. There you go. I think that what you hate is potentially uh, improv as it's presented by people who don't do improv. Um, It's sort of like, okay, okay, it's very similar in a way to, like, magic tricks or magicians, where people are like, oh, God, that's so cheesy and terrible. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I think we're all just talking about, like, high school improv. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking college campus improv. Yeah. 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 Like, the really gimmicky, hunky-dory, nobody-can-say-curse-words. Honestly, if you can't say curse words, I think this applies to the same thing Leslie was talking about, like, magicians, shit like that. Like, if they're not cursing, it's probably gimmicky and I don't want to watch it. Yeah, exactly. There's got to be one fuck, that's how I know it's good. A single... Is this your fuck? <laughs> <Is> this your... <laughs> um, they got to pull a fuck out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> No fucks up this sleeve, no fucks up this sleeve. Oh <laughs> my god! You thought I didn't have any fucks, but here they are! Check your pocket. Is that your fuck? Uh, Leslie loves stage magicians, which is what makes this very funny. Yeah, I'm super into it. Um, uh, yes, yes, I, I like more I like more uh, structured uh, shit. I mean, obviously I love it in podcast form, or else I wouldn't. Uh, both have hosted and still be producing a Roll With It program, uh, or else I wouldn't be wearing a Magic Tavern t-shirt right now. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm into it. Don't lie to just... the people at home, Ben. You're not wearing a shirt right now. <laughs> I'm just You're wearing right. a robe. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't have a yes and shit. <laughs> I just hate... I hate exactly what we described it as. I hate, like, high school and college level improv 
uh, that's just, can we get a suggestion from the audience kind yeah. of stuff? It's, ugh, it's grating. Yeah. And I mean, like the, I think, I think this show kind of goes out of the way to make it seem cringy because it only gives us these, these punchlines and then they all stand up straight and your do word their or whatever. Microchip yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, so, I mean, it's very obvious that this is, this is yet again, we discussed this in last week's episode, this is one of those uh, generalized send-ups. Um, but I think that they had to do it that way in order for us to understand the cult angle on improv, because that is a cult. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, that in order for them to kind of mold it into what they wanted to say about some other organization that they were using improv for, uh, I think that it had to kind of been a caricature of itself, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with it. By the way, I I assume you both know that there are actual, like, improv, like, academies like this, right? Yeah. Yeah, the the UCB, the Groundlings, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people get their start. None of which I assume are cults, but, like... 100% of me watching these improv people... Like, the whole time I was like, this kind of seems like a low-key shot at the Groundlings. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. I've yeah, because there's, there's UCB Los Angeles, UCB Chicago. Anyway. Well, that's where... Didn't Amy Poehler get her start in UCB? Amy Poehler was married to Will Arnett for a number of years. Yeah, she was. But I'm saying she yep. got her start in UCB, I think. Uh, she founded UCB. Oh, she founded UCB. That's right. I don't know enough about Which Amy Which I think might, might make this episode particularly funny now that I think about it. You know, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no need to dive into that. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Obviously, they don't show us most of the improv. It's the, the only improv they show us is Todd uh, pranking that, that older woman by telling her her friend died. Her um, friend exploded. I'm sorry, her friend exploded. You got probed. Poor Doris. You got provved is my least favorite thing. Yeah, you got provved. One of my favorite gags in this entire show is, I, I think it's Brian yelling, the streets are ours. Yeah, oh my God. Um, <laughs> which of course only, what, what's it? Improv everywhere or whatever. Those like flash yeah. mob groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called improv yep. everywhere. Fuck that noise Ooh. in particular. You know what, Ben? You know what, Ben? Improv you everywhere. Don't like fun. Yeah, you literally don't like fun. I you, love fun. You hate fun. We've been talking about this in the uh, Speak of the Devil group chat that, Ben just hates everything that is great. Seriously. Like, okay, Ben, Improv Everywhere brought, brought joy to loads of people on YouTube back in the day when YouTube was full of sick memes and before the internet was terrible. Back in like 2006, 2007. Everyone loved that shit. And now those you're trying to... Days. And write those halcyon days before like it all went to shit. And if you want to revisit those, you can always watch the uh, Weezer Pork and Beans video because it's literally nothing but that. But Improv Everywhere brought a lot of people joy, and I think that you just hate fun, and I think that's something that you just have to accept about yourself. Oh, boy. No, yeah. I, I just love the line, the streets are ours, as they like, as they, <laughs> they look like they're about to start rioting. Yeah, and then I think Brian, after that, says, I momentarily like you or something to Todd, which was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, they talked about uh, improv like it was like street fighting. They were like, no rules, no limits. Like, yeah. yeah. No hold bar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, but I think it's important we don't actually like see any of it except for that your friend exploded joke, and then uh, the fir- the last two lines of every single, you know, segment they're doing or whatever. Yeah, 
And always one of them, why is one of them always on his back, like with his legs up or whatever? I have no idea. It's very <laughs> odd. Like an upside down turtle. I think it's turtle. a shot at the groundlings. I'm just saying. <laughs> but like, because all this, all this group needs to boil down to is a group where you are encouraged not to say no. Right. Which is how, which is what makes it the cult, which is what makes it so that Todd has yes, to, Sands. in an episode, yes, uh, be an indentured servant on a cruise ship. Which is interesting because, like I said, it, it interested me greatly when I realized that the episode was about to wind down and, and we still had that whole plot left. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, this went on for like two episodes? Todd's B-plot never goes on for two episodes. But this one, this one did. It was there, like, I can't think of another instance in which that happened. Like, that's such a zany B-plot situation. Well, I mean, this, uh, it's not even just the one thing, though. Like, this is part of a larger Todd plot of, like, Bojack ruined his rock opera. Yeah. And, like, all of this other stuff where, like, Bojack is, like, sort, like, first of all, mostly failing him. And then sort of comes through, but only because he's selfish and he needed a Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly, uh, uh, Leslie, for the record, season five has an extended Todd B plot. Yeah, but we're not there yet. I'm no, talking about I'm as so- of yet. Have we, right. have we as of Wait, yet? Hasn't his rock opera already happened? Really? The rock opera was only, that was only one episode though, right? Like, well, it, it, it does come back. I mean, it comes back, but that's not the same as having a multiple episode arc. That's differentiating between Todd having individual plot lines that might stretch into multiple episodes or character interactions and consequences that maintain right throughout the show. And that's more of the latter. I think I just love that this whole thing started because he uh, couldn't find anyone to fly fights with him. Like what yeah. a, what a premise. Yeah. I mean, that's typical Todd. That's typical Todd. Yeah. yeah. And of course, one of the underlying problems is that, yeah, it's because it's because Bojack isn't there to support him. Yeah. Because he sabotaged the rock opera, and now he's just not showing up to the improv course. Neither on one side or the other. Yep. And then, I mean, what what does he say toward the end of that? Like, oh, I always wanted to be part of a community. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, baby, I'm so sorry Todd. the world hurt you like this. And you know how much oh, I love baby. Todd. So that really uh, that bothered me. I was sad for Todd. Yeah. It's like, oh, Todd. That's and okay. He'll figure it out next episode. Yeah, and that's how you get wrapped up in cults. Yep. Cults like improv and others. <laughs> and Scientology. Johnny? No, I'm with Ben. All press is good press. Oh, Christ. Yeah, anyway, the only reason Todd falls into this pit is that just Bojack isn't there to support him. Yeah. Yeah. Also, because Todd has bad critical thinking skills, but that's a different problem. All right. Uh, do, do y'all want to talk about Diane, who has recently spiraled down into oblivion? I would love to talk uh, about Diane as this. She uh, has. The episode starts with her. In yes, an, she has sunken down to uh, Bojack levels of day drinking and refusing to clean and being a lazy piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, the episode starts with her after, you know, ending with her on his doorstep. Obviously, now it's been a few days, at least five according to uh-huh. Wanda at the beginning yeah. enough time that you can get irritated with the person who is overstaying their welcome. Sure. Sure. Any, any greater than three. Yeah. It's like fish or something. That's, that's the saying. <laughs> that's the saying, right? It's like guests are like fish after yeah, three days. That's where I was going with that. Something stinky. Yeah. Yeah. So Diane's sad. 
Yeah, her monologue at the end really kind of nails why, but I feel as though she has yet to experience a real hardship, the sort of which she has to actually answer for, which is coming. It's on its way. Yeah. I mean, does she, though? Well, okay. Does she really answer for this? Well, I mean, that's true. But, I mean, I think that at least she has, like, she has some sort of emotional come-to-Jesus moment, I think, when she's, we won't get into that too much. But, you know, later on, when when she gets found out. Uh, But I think that up until this point in her career, her life, her what have you, she hasn't really had to be that responsible. I feel like she's had a lot of stuff kind of handed to her a little bit in that, uh, you know, you can even go back to the episode where she was back in Boston for her dad's funeral. And her brothers were talking about, wow, you're a squatter because she, you know, is living with Mr. Peanut Butter. She doesn't have to pay for anything. She can pursue whatever creative thing she wants to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I think when she went to Cordovia and realized it was not everything that she wanted it to be, she could have done the responsible thing and gone home to Mr. Peanut Butter, but she did not. And I think that the reason for that is that she's quite emotionally stunted to the point that she, she just can't deal. She just can't deal. Well, I think that uh, her and, like, from her perspective, there's, like, a huge issue with her and Mr. Peanut Butter's relationship. Sure. And I think where her mind is at, the only possible answer is breaking up, not talking about it. A lot of the problems and, in this episode can be solved by communication. Yeah, yeah. And so it to, to me, it's like um, she goes to Cordovia in the first place to escape divorcing Mr. Peanut Butter and thinks that, like, just being a bet like it will make her a better person and if she's just a better person maybe she can love him. yeah and then she gets there and it's just like oh nope and then she hangs out at bojack's house to continue not dealing with that problem yeah i i think that um based on what we've seen of her in earlier episodes she is so wrapped up in the idea that she is the successful member of her own family yeah definitely um, that she she is in a family of losers uh to to be polite about it um, and she, she's the one who made it out of the hometown. She's the one who has the, you know, has her name on. But I guess she's a ghostwriter, but you know what I mean? <clears throat> well, no, um, she has her name on the Secretariat book. Oh, that's right. Yep. That's right. That's right. She is now a best-selling author. Yeah. yeah. But so she is the successful one. And so I think clearly the the war or refugee crisis in Cordovia is the biggest thing she's been saddled with. And then she fucks that up. Yeah. And it's kind of like. This big failure is is I mean it's like the the Sisyphus rock rolling down the hill. Now she's she's just unmotivated to start pushing it back up again or yeah. something. Wait, does she have her name on oh on the Secretariat book? But she doesn't have it on the Bojack. Yes, she does book. because be- she wrote it as it ended up being released as One Trick Pony. That she I thought that that was supposed to be like. Bojack's book about himself. I yeah, it was I think supposed to be a ghost oh, no. autobiography. No, no, no. I, I remember. I'm, I'm remembering the excerpt uh, from the end of season one right now. She refers to him in the third person. Yeah, and also, I mean, you don't normally take ghostwriters with you on book tours as the author. Oh, it's gotcha. definitely her book. She definitely has one gotcha. trick pony as her book. 
Oh, well, then I'd like to make a correction for a joke I made, or for a observation I made, like, uh, two episodes ago when I, I, because remember Mr. Peanut Butter was like, my wife had to write the book for you, or whatever. Yeah. And I said, like, I made some comments about, like, oh, the average person might not know that. Well, that's wrong, because I just remembered the excerpt where she refers to him in the third person, so, whoopsies. And, and the fact that her, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's her book. Yeah. Well, Bojack got the Emmy, I think was my confusion. Well, anyway, but yeah, she's so wrapped up in the idea that she is the successful one that I think this major stumbling block, like, why bother getting up after that? Yeah, yeah. Um, And also, I mean, I think it's clear we should probably establish that, well, in my opinion, uh, her crime is not that she left uh, Cordovia and um, didn't want to work for that jerk anymore. It's the lying to her husband part that's clearly eating her up, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but then she continues to lie to him, you know, instead of confronting what she's done. And even as Bojack tells her that, she, you know, the longer she lies to him, the more difficult it's going to be. She decides instead, oh, well, I just don't maybe I just don't talk to him at all. And so she tells him at the end of the episode, you know, um, that they shouldn't call each other anymore. And it's like, that's not really a solution. That's not it's not what you should be doing, Diane. No. All of these people are are not very good at some of the fundamentals of communication. Yeah. Um, I mean that in a in a more complex sense, but also in the the very basic. I'll stop trying to deceive each other. Reason. Oh well, it's unfortunate. Also, I quickly googled it, and uh, one of the trivia facts about Diane online is that even though she's constantly referenced as a ghostwriter, that her name is on all of the books that she wrote. Okay. So she's not... I mean, the show calls her a ghostwriter. Right. But it kind of deliberately, I guess, misunderstands what a ghostwriter even the fuck is. Okay. Sure. So I'm not wrong to be confused. They, nope, they've been unclear about that. <laughs> yep. Okay. Woo. I thought I was the more stupid. you know. Uh, no, I, I was sitting here like, I'm going to rewatch those episodes later. I feel so vindicated. Nobody thought you were stupid, especially not me, when I was correcting you. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I don't know. Is there anything more we need to say about, or want to say about Diane? Um, we don't need to do any of this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save the rest of that's, my Diane stuff for when we talk about Bojack. That's existential. Some... All right. Well, let's, let's move along. Let's talk about Mr. Bojack Horseman. Uh. Okay, yeah, let's talk about BoJack. Let's do it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Leslie, did you have more? No, I was just thinking, I had a thought. I have This, this episode's going to be fun to edit. I know, right? You're, <laughs> you're, you're screwed. Uh, there's been a lot of st- I'm so glad we're doing this one like three days before it comes out, because yeah. there's been a lot of stops and stalls, y'all. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about BoJack. All right, Mr. BoJack Horseman is presently on the set of Secretariats uh, with a new director, uh, a catfish named Abe who uh, does not seem intent on making this movie in production and seems to be uh, much more concerned with what he can do in post-production. There is a lot of, we'll fix it in post. There's a lot of, hey, the boom mic was in that shot. Do you want to redo it? No. Gags. He seems to be a very workmanlike director who is not very interested in doing the workman part. (laughs) Uh, This frustrates Bojack because Bojack thought this was going to be his grand art piece. Uh, which well, is it's why no Casablanca. Yeah, it's no, it's no Casablanca. It's no Casablanca. Um, you know, we're all going to do that voice. Can't wait. Uh, great, great times. <laughs> yeah, and he generally just doesn't really seem to give a shit about what he's making at all. Which is 
disheartening, I would imagine, for Bojack, who, you know, this was his whole, this was his dream, you know, was to it, play his secretariat, and now it's all completely gone, tits up. It really seems to bother him uh, how much this person doesn't care, which I think uh, maybe he has some trouble with that because he's normally the person who doesn't care. Sure. Well, also, this is, you know, this is his dream. This is why he has done everything that he's done in his career. is because he wanted to be secretariat for however long. And now he is, and the whole thing is garbage. Fake garbage. Fake garbage. Bojack cares so much about this project that there are literally dead cops as a result of it. Like, <laughs> this is a... This is a. This is the first time he's been invested in anything in a while. That's true. There are dead cops because of this film. Wow. <laughs> also, the fate of Margot Martindale is as of yet unknown. Presumably behind Presumably bars. Presumably behind bars or dead. I thought she was dead because she got shot. What I find really interesting is that BoJack's whole thing is that he gets really upset about the "we'll fix it in post" attitude, and ends up being edited out of the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so it's like hit, like it's such like a shitty faux concern because his actions end up making it worse. Yeah. That's very, yeah, that's very true. I mean, he could have physically been in the movie and then he ends up not being because of, because he runs away to New Mexico. <sighs> Woof. Which, Hey guys. Well, kind of similar to the Diane thing. Like, once you've hit that first stumbling block, why kind of bother getting up again? Yeah. Now that he kn- mm-hmm. now that he knows this movie's going to be, you know, so much of it's going to be fixed in post, and it's not going to be the script he wants. And I, I don't remember Secretariat teaching algebra to <laughs> to inner city gangs or whatever that gag was. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. once all of those stumbling blocks have presented themselves, similar to Diane, it's like, ugh, okay, what's the point anymore? Yeah. Which is why he joins her in the day drinking and being lazy and stuff. Yeah, and uh, also because... And not showing up to set. Also because he's upset about the fact that he can't do his New York thing either, that he can't do his play in New York. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So there's a critical scene uh, halfway through this episode where Abe invites uh, Bojack and uh, Wanda over to dinner at his place for a dish that I cannot pronounce, and that's fine because Bojack didn't know what it was either. Oh, I know what it is, but I can't remember now. I can't remember what the dish is now, but I'm... I'm uh, I, I remember. Like I don't remember. Um, I wish I'd written it down. It sounds like conditioner. No, yeah. it doesn't. It's a it's a dish, and I've had it, and it's good. But um, I can't remember which one specifically it is right now. This has been the Leslie Eight. This has been the Leslie Eights podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say Leslie Eights Culture Hour, but Leslie Eights is a Leslie Eights. <laughs> your review, your uh, food review show. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, Bojack goes over uh, with Wanda uh, to meet Abe and his wife, and uh, they're talking, and uh, he mentions that uh, he's uh, been propositioned to do a play out in New York, uh, oh, by Princess Carolyn, uh, who uh, offers him that deal as part of her new agency. Uh, Bojack, of course, responding with, New York's a great place to live for six months and not a day longer. Um, If you're incredibly wealthy. Also, if you're incredibly wealthy, yes. Oh, uh, Bojack mentions this play to Abe. Abe's excited for him, and and then Bojack says, like, yeah, well, I mean, I'd like to work on something that I uh, people actually care about. There's something that's actually good the, is what he, is what something, he really something says. Something that's actually good, good yeah. And that's, like, the first loose thread that starts getting pulled that just starts unraveling that entire weird gray sweater. 
Yeah. Um, and basically, Abe just kind of gets mad when they realize that their miscommunication has not been that Abe thinks he's making garbage. It's that Abe thinks he is literally not making Casablanca. That movie's about a club owner named Rick. That movie already exists. Why would we make it? Yep. We're making it Secretariat. It's about a horse. <laughs> It was it was Cockavin. It was Cockavin. That's what it was. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm sorry that was bothering the absolute shit out of me not remembering what it was, but that's what it is. Don't worry. It's like a casserole. That's when a French girl. uh, Go ahead. That's it's like it's just like a casserole. That's it. Oh, yum. It's like ah slow because he said slow cooker. Yeah, it's a casserole. It's good. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, and it turns out the miscommunication was over, um, the fact that, uh, Abe was speaking in, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Drax level literate. Very <laughs> literal. Very literal. We've already made that movie. Ugh. Um, which is, a, I mean, that's, that's like a purely comedic conceit, because no one would actually communicate like that. No, 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 no. Um, but, but it's, it's enough that, that... Abe now threatens, oh, you know what? I think we're going to have to do reshoots because it's such a piece of shit. Therefore, effectively sabotaging the date at which Bojack needs to get across the country and start presumably rehearsing this play. Right. So all of that is all of that built to Bojack pulling like pulling a well, pulling a Bojack and pulling a Diane. And now Diane and Bojack are together making various um, sculptures out of beer cans. I really like the like. The many many takes he has to take of the line I'm tired running, of in running in circles. Yeah, um, yeah, because that's really poetic and you know reflective of the situation. But a thing that I think really like I think is really telling is and there's this is what I wanted to save about Diane is Diane asked him if he would be happy if he went and did the thing in New York and he kind of goes like meh um, for now for a little bit yeah yeah for now. And, like, that ends up being not the thing that he runs away to go do. Like, he could have just run away and done this play in New York. And it probably would have been better for his career, uh, which he seems to be so fake concerned about. But no, he ends up in New Mexico. At a woman's house who he barely knows. Yes. Yeah, we discussed that early on when Charlotte first showed up is that um, this magical friendship that he's idolized and and cemented Mm -hmm. on a pedestal or whatever. I've mixed multiple metaphors. The other episodes I was on. Oh, right. That's one of the reasons I wanted to be on this episode is like, I I just wanted, I'm coming here to talk about Charlotte. Like, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think we've all got people that we know that are like the significant others of our friends and like, yeah, we're friends with with them too. But like, we wouldn't hang out with them one-on-one. Yeah, I definitely... I don't... Do I have... I've got, like, three. We would if we fake-constructed them into our perfect partner. That's true. All right. Well, I don't do that, but... I mean, but if you did, (laughs) it would be this situation. But if you did, 30 years later, you'd be showing up on their doorstep. In New Mexico. Um, can I actually rewind a tiny bit and talk about the uh, the repetition of I'm running in circles, I'm running in circles. Oh, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't mean to uh, No, that. that's fine. I didn't object. Um, obviously, that, yeah, that has a very, you know, literal kind of poetic meaning, which is that he is, he's sick of running in circles and he has to repeat that line over and over and over again. Um, and it becomes a, a bit of a, a self-fulfilling mantra for him because then he gets out of the circle and he just up and leaves L.A. and the job. Without any notice. I mean, um, do, it 
It doesn't seem like he does get out of the circle, though, because he doesn't do the thing that he needs to do, which is always the thing he avoids doing. Well, all right, sure. I guess he thinks he's spirals again. Like, he's going in circles. It's just the circles are downward. Also... Yeah, or or the circles are a little wider. Well, so, but the point is the, the thing I thought of when I heard the, I'm sick of running in circles, I'm sick of running in circles, is that uh, the editing technique they used in the season five trailer, so you want to get better, but you don't know how. Yep. Uh, repeated on loop by Diane uh, throughout that trailer. I think those are obviously both similar sentiments and like, it's, I don't think it's just because they are repeated phrases that I'm connecting them with each other. Like, I sure. think that is... I think yeah, those are absolutely. similar notions. I'm sick of being stuck in this loop. You want to get better, but you don't know how. Yeah. I can just kind of connect those dots in my mind as I was hearing that that being cycled over and over and over by him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Part of Bojack's personality is also um, that as long as things stay on his status quo level, he's fine with it. But once they get too complicated, he has to bail. Oh, yeah. Um, which reminds me a lot of Todd's line in season five. I can handle this as long as it doesn't get any more complicated than this. Yeah. Or whatever I can handle exactly this level of complication as long as it doesn't get yeah. any more complicated. Because the second it gets harder, Bojack's on a, on, on a highway line straight to New Mexico. Sure. He's in a, on a boat in New Mexico. Oh, great. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so speaking of Wanda... Absolutely my favorite line of this entire fucking season and the reason why I asked to do this episode before I was ever on this podcast, even the first time I was like, no, but I have to do season two, episode 10. Like, I have to. Of course. When you're wearing rose-colored glasses, red flags just look like flags. Mm. I had written... Mm. I say that in my personal life constantly. I had written this down as one of the best lines in the series at all, period. I think it, it's absolutely, like, the line... I think every season has, like, a line that sort of, like, you can just say that line and it's like, that's what this entire season is yeah. about. Oh, without a doubt. And, like, this is season two in a line. Yeah, just like I said with season five, the so you want to get better, but you don't know how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there there is a single thesis statement for each season that if I had a better brain, I could think of season one. Uh, you know... I don't know season one. Season three is definitely you are affected by your parents' trauma, but you will never fully understand it. Sure. Absolutely. I think, um, honestly, though, I don't know. Because this season also has the really, really good line in, in the finale um, from from the running gentleman that we'll get to in that episode. But... Oh, yes. oh, yeah, yeah. That, al- that is also really a really good, good one. one. So I think that this one maybe is not the thesis of the entire season. I think it's that, that line instead. But it's a good one. <laughs> and it, it absolutely explains. I mean, and it's, it, it's in the same conversation that Bojack says, you know, when Wanda's like, what happened? And Bojack says the same thing that always happens. You didn't know me. Then you fell in love with me. And now you know me. Uh it was a very real conversation, a very real breakup conversation. Bojack has a very fatalist stance when it comes to relationships, which is just that, yeah, it's inevitable you're not going to like me. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing I can do to fix that. Well, it's and he's he wrong. Himself. Yeah. And he's wrong. There is something he can do to fix that. It's called communicating with your partner. Sure. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he's fatalist think- at this point and thinks that there's nothing he can do properly anyway. So, 
I think it's a really interesting. I like really wish that Wanda uh, stayed as more of a character in the show. Yeah. Because I think this is a really interesting moment where she, you know, she was literally stuck in the 80s. Right. Right. Um, And so she's sort of like the Bojack Horseman that she was familiar with was at the absolute top of his game. And so, I mean, I that makes a lot of sense to me why where their relationship started is Bojack was attracted to someone who saw him as that. Because uh, he also just watches horses ar- horsing around all the time. Like, he's stuck there, too. Sure. And so they were both sort of, like, stuck there together. And this is, like, a moment where Wanda go, like, realizes that she's not stuck there anymore and Bojack still yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they're, I think they're it's especially, growing at different rates. Yeah, well, and it's especially indicative when she, during that conversation, she she says to him about horsing around that show that you watch all the time. Doesn't even call it by name, just like that show you watch. Yeah, yeah, they they have an interesting, uh, not not even really a conversation, and certainly not a debate about like the corporate art that Wanda turns out. Um, that it's just. I mean, he he repeatedly calls it garbage, yeah. and she has yeah. to like out loud remind him. You know, you're part of this system too, right? Yeah. You made it, you, we we made your garbage. You made some garbage. It seems like he really resents her for like horsing around getting canceled as well. A thing she literally poss- could not possibly have anything. That's yeah. protection, folks. That's what protection. <laughs> yeah. da, 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 da. That's how that works. That, 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 that's blaming others for your problems. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That was the worst Porky impression ever. Sorry, y'all. Okay, I forgive you. I think I could, I'd do worse, probably. I totally forgot to mention something about the rose-colored glasses quote because I was so fixated on when the running quote is. But I would like to say there was an incident with Terry Crews in which some guy that he trusted was trying to like sue him for a whole bunch of money or something. And he was tweeting about it. And I tweeted with that quote and he retweeted my tweet. That's how good that quote is. That is, <laughs> Leslie. that is how powerful that quote is folks. Sorry. Let me just pick up this name. You dropped. <laughs> I'm just saying you can cut that if you want to. I just, no, that's cool as hell, dude. We're giving that in. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you guys. Diane asks Bojack, when was the last time you were happy? And then he immediately goes to New Mexico. Yeah, yeah it's a smash and, cut. And uh, the thing I found interesting about that is he, if I remember correctly, he sort of made a pass at Charlotte right around the time that Horsin' Around got canceled. So right after an executive producer ruined his life, he made a pass at Charlotte. And then the next time he makes a pass at Charlotte is right after an executive producer ruined his life. I'm running in circles. <laughs> I mean, honestly. That's a fair analysis. And obviously, like, we, we've talked about how, like, they're not actually that close. He's idolizing her. It's, yeah, he, he she's an escape for him, especially in this case, she is geographically an escape for sure. him. As, as we will find out, because he's now going to be, like, some... 300 miles outside of LA or whatever. I don't know how wide Arizona is. Um, uh, that's I that. mean, Phoenix is a thousand. Oh, wait, you're from Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Phoenix is like 300 miles from LA, I think. 
All right. Um, so I think New Mexico would be like closer to like 600 to 1,000. Eh, sounds about right. Depending on what part you're in. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. I forgot you were actually from Arizona. <laughs> That's my house. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, okay, so so we've analyzed all of our main characters, and we, we've decided they're cardinal sins. Uh, Diane's yeah. lying and is bad at communication. Bojack just bails at, at, the, at the moment a situation gets too complicated. <laughs> and Bojack's all the other ones. Yeah, Bojack's every other one. Gluttony, <laughs> greed, right? etc. Um, uh, Todd actually just... Todd is free of sin and wonderful. Yeah, he is. Um, he, yeah, he, he is. just wants community and love. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, Princess Carolyn... I mean, I guess she's having an affair, but whatever. That's Rabinowitz's problem, not hers. But they're getting a divorce, though. Yeah, so it's fine. Well, no. <laughs> or are or they? See, that's... What, yeah, yeah, I'll totally... I'm, I'm totally leaving my wife for you, baby. You're definitely not just going to be my side piece forever. That's how it always goes. I love your matching lipstick. <laughs> that was a great gag. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Look lipstick. at you and your matching lipstick. <laughs> I love Mr. Bread Butter. Yeah, actually, we, we haven't talked about uh, Rabinowitz and, and Princess Carolyn uh, too much, but that's because they don't actually factor too much into this episode. Uh, right. But for, for foreshadowing's sake, uh, their new agency is 100% in Princess Carolyn's name because Rabinowitz insists that his uh, wife's lawyers are watching him like hawks. Well, they're not hawks. <laughs> I mean, one might be. Maybe he's a falcon. Uh, but the point being... Um, Boy, that's a reckless business decision that is only going to hurt one kitty. Sure. Anywho. I mean, it really ends up working out for her, but... Well... Yeah, it does, actually, but still. It still even sucks. Even so. It, it still sucks, because Rabinowitz is a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, but he's a funny piece of shit. Yeah, this is the beginning of something interesting. This is the beginning of something very interesting. Like I, Like I was saying... Before, you know, this is certainly a situation of, you know, oh, honey, of course, I'm going to leave my wife for you because that totally happens in real life all the time. <laughs> You're not going to just remain my side piece forever. You can trust me. Boy, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Yeah, um, there, there's a lot of... Um a lot of interactions between them that uh, lack a certain level of commitment that does need to be there. Sure. Uh, both the fact that Rabinowitz is not actually divorced from his wife um, and that uh, Rabinowitz is, yeah, this is going to be a, I, or I, what, what, what's that? I can't repeat it because it's, it's, it's too verbally complex, but like, I want you in there with me, fitty, fitty kitty that he says like in the previous episode. Oh, right. Yeah. And then he registers the company entirely in her name. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of promises from this character, but the commitment is always ten steps behind and then never shows sure. up. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a slick one, that Rabinowitz. He is a slick one. And one would think or could even say that he has potentially been helping her out with J.D. Salinger, has been talking to her on the phone, et cetera, et cetera, has been kind They're of... They're clearly friends when we meet him. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I have to wonder if his motivation hasn't always been, well, let me befriend this, you know, other agent. And, uh... Yeah, he's just yeah, religion. Yeah, he's He's working his bit. That's what he's doing. 
What a scumbag. He's, yeah, he's yeah. the worst. And that's what I was saying uh, earlier when they first introduced him, uh, when we were talking about him and how, you know, you think you want things to, to go well with him and for him, but you really don't because he's actually just a piece of shit. He's the worst. On a meta level, like the way they present him to us, we're supposed to trust Exactly. Him. That's exactly what I'm saying, which is, you know, very uh, smart of them to do. And I appreciate that very much because, of course, when you get the rug pulled at the same time as, as the character who's interacting with him, it's so much more satisfying than when you see that somebody is good, you think that somebody's good, and at the end of the very first episode where they're introduced, it's like, just kidding, wink, and then they show something super obviously bad about them. I think that because they did not do this with Rabinowitz, it was so much more like, a, oh, man, really? Really, dude? When, when it all does come out. Uh, and it's yeah, starting no, to now. Yeah, there's no winking moment when, you know, Princess Carolyn leaves his office and he's like, yes, if Aww. she falls for this, then I, yeah. There, there's, no, Mr. Bond, I expect, anyway. <laughs> there's none of that. Like, the red flags pop up for us as they pop up for Princess Carolyn. Yep. And if you're wearing rose-colored glasses, all the red you flags. I tell you what, and Princess Carolyn certainly is wearing her rose-colored glasses right now. Yeah, because she's mm-hmm. getting. Smooched. I mean, so are we as the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because again, we are, we are, we. It is insistent that we we trust this character from the beginning because he's a good friend to a character we care about. Why wouldn't we trust him? Right. Um. Anyway, that's gonna be sad. Uh, folks, I think we've we've talked about all of our main characters. Do we have any final thoughts about like any of the philosophy in this before we talk about the giggle parts? When we when we were breaking down uh, each character's arc and what was going on, I feel like we covered it pretty well. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let uh, shall we do a round of favorite jokes then? Uh, if I may start, I have obviously been quoting this frequently as we've done this show leading up to this episode. I mean, we're literally not making Casablanca. Yeah. Like, kills me every yeah. time. No, I mean, literally. Espe- especially the exact assertion of, that movie's about a club owner named Rick. They've already made that movie. Yeah. Is the best combination of words imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad, is it? Yeah. I have, like, actual, uh, like, a, a second place, because I've been mentioning that joke so much in advance. What's your second right. place? It's no banana cream ah. pie. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a different kind of pie. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, Leslie, how about yourself? My favorite joke in this entire episode was actually not spoken. It was a background callback. And it is when Bojack and Wanda are in Bojack's room and they're talking. And when the camera is focused on Bojack, you can see like the, like, the wall behind him and where his bed is and stuff. And they st- I guess he still has the lemon tree. Like the lemon tree is still, is still there. <sighs> Like that's good. He, I didn't notice. Yeah, he got rid of. Well, you know, he, I will have to look for that. Well, you know, I'm the I'm the eyes of the show. So yeah, I was watching yes. it and I was like, holy shit, they still have the lemon tree from from the uh, funky Spider Man incident. They got rid of everything else, but let's keep the lemon tree because you just never know. That was my favorite because I saw it immediately and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe it's alive. Yeah, it's still alive, still thriving, still making lemons. Bojack's notorious for. Taking good care of his things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And self. Yeah. All right, Johnny, how about you? Uh, So my favorite joke is going back to the improv people who are definitely not the groundlings. Um, My favorite thing is when they first are talking to him inside of the theater 
the main guy keeps walking him back and forth while he's talking like every time he starts a new sentence he like walks him over somewhere else and then he like said like finishes the sentence and then when he starts a new sentence he walks him over somewhere else and it's very much like shitty overdone improv yep stage directions the space work yeah yeah and that leads uh, also the space work thing where he's like i'm gonna go downstairs and practice my space work and then you just see the top of his yep. hat over the couch here we down go, I my go. and then you can still see his like beanie yeah <laughs> Like, he's just there. Yeah, that, that was one of my backup jokes. <laughs> um, uh, as I guess my, my actual one is, I love when Mr. Peanut Butter's on the phone with Diane, and he says, like, I was telling the sound guy how great my wife is. His wife works with underprivileged youths, but I said, wait till you hear this. And he starts going on that rant about Diane. And the sound and guy is right there. you see the sound guy in the background. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he said, I told him his wife's a piece shit. of shit. And you see him, like, frown. But he had to agree with me because I'm boss. his boss. And then you just see him shrug in the background. Yeah, no, I really liked that one, too. That was good. That was really good. That's yeah. Great. I didn't notice that he was in the background. Yeah, the sound guy. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like just a That's dude in, best. like, overalls in the background fiddling with one of those, like, big sound server Oh, uh, little buddy. It's really, it's really funny. I think those things are called Ajax. Or no, they're called Ajax. I know that because I used to work with one. There you go. Uh, anyway, hey, folks, I think that concludes this episode of Of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben and Johnny. That doesn't right. No. Whatever. Folks, I think that concludes this episode of Of Horses and Men with Leslie and Johnny and Ben. And now it sounds like a limerick. <laughs> there was, Leslie and Johnny there was, and was Ben. A sh- there once was a show name of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben. There once was a Horses and Men with Leslie and Johnny and Ben. It's about a sad horse. Some other... They didn't quite know how to end the show. <laughs> and Johnny never came back again. <laughs> Boom! All right, that's it. Except for I will be back one day, probably. Yeah, you'll be back probably the next episode. <laughs> hey, folks, I'm Ben. You can find me at Ben C. Hamlin. That is B-E-N-C-H-A-M-L-I-N over on Twitter. Nearly forgot how to spell my last name. I'm always talking about comics. That's it. Well... You can find me at Vanetti, V-A-N-E-T-T-I, in which I talk about... What do I talk about? I never know what I talk about. Um, I actually, I, I took a brief sabbatical. I was not fired. I just took a brief sabbatical <laughs> from Twitter. Um, actually, I'm going back on, I'm going to say Tuesday is going to be when I'm going to put it back on my phone. Because that gotcha. was the whole thing, is it was on my phone, and so I was constantly on it. Um, so I took it off of my phone, and then I just didn't use it, and now I miss it, and so I'm coming back. So yes... I will be tweeting about, I don't even know whatever happened while I was gone, I guess. So, by the time this episode comes yeah, out. Yeah, I'll be back, so yep. there you go. Yay. Yay. And Johnny, should they wish, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Johnny Ronaldo, J-O-H-N-N-Y-R-I-N-A-L-D-O. Um, and I talk a lot about D&D and feminism. A lethal combination. Those are good. I Literally. like those things. <laughs> you can find all of us at Infinity Break 23 over on Twitter, as well as Facebook and Instagram, where you can stay up to date on all of the things that IB is working on and has recently released. We encourage you to check out Infinity Break's other work, that is podcasts, webcomics, live streams, videos, and more at infinitybreak.net, where we are telling stories our own way. If you have listened to any episode of the show, you have already heard these links, and you've already heard this mentioned, but we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash infinitybreak. There's bonus content. Leslie and I are about to record some. We recently did um, a spiel about some of our <clears throat> favorite fandoms. Favorite? 
favorite 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 fandoms favorite uh, anyway, for as little as $1 a month, you can help support this show and help create more shows like it. We recently launched a very ambitious uh, live stream tabletop uh, live streaming podcast. What's that one That's called? live streamed. What's it called? Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if it had not been for the donations of our fans, we quite literally would not have been able to afford it and still kind of couldn't. But I anyway, then paid for um... a lot of things out of his pocket. I paid for a lot of it out of my pocket. So patreon.com forward slash infinity break. You get Leslie and I doing more goofs. Uh, speaking of that extremely ambitious tabletop podcast. Hey, Johnny, do you have an extremely ambitious tabletop podcast you want to talk about? I mean, I don't know if it relates to the one that you guys have, but I mean, like, not to overshadow it or anything, but I've got this. I've got this wow. podcast called Speak of the Devil. Wow. Uh, it's on a channel you might have heard of. It's pretty, it's pretty big and popular called Infinity Break. Mm. Um, and, uh, it's about devils and feminism, which is also lethal combination, and it's a D&D podcast. Arguably more lethal than D&D and feminism. I mean, it's all three, so I mean, fully lethal. Um, and yeah, uh, it's on every Sunday at, I think it's 11 a.m. your time. It is 7 p.m. if you're on this side of the ocean. Ireland, to be clear. Yeah, and if if you're if you're on like central London, uh, but yeah. Anyways, you can join me, Ben Hamlin. We talked about the other people, um, and every week we go on adventures. And last week the party fought an abomination in a church, and this week we find out what happens now because there's just a dead abomination in the church, and they're in the church. By the time this episode comes out, that will have just aired two days ago. Uh, so I assume we're about to pick off in the mo- pick up in the moments after. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Some stuff is gonna happen. I am delighted. Several uh, anyway things. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, you can find that at twitch.tv forward slash Infinity Break Gaming, eleven a.m. PST, seven p.m. Ireland fun time. Oh, anyway, uh, just you know, write a review, tell your friends, get the word out about the show. We really appreciate all your help. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about the continuing adventures of everyone's favorite runaway, Bojack Horseman. It, Leslie the just 11th, let out a sound of excitement. It's the 11th episode! Folks, this show's about to get real dramatic real fast, so yep. stay tuned. We'll be back next week. Indeed. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.